A World is the Real Rob Taylor here at Radar Festival. I am privileged to be in the press area with Caligula's horse, or two of Caligula's horse, I should say. So uh, Sam and Jim have joined me all the way from Brisbane uh, here in Manchester. Um, guys, how are you doing? T- tired? <laughs> I'm like, I'm conscious. I, I think I'm conscious. Look, I mean, seriously, amazing. Super excited. Uh, yeah. uh, we, you know, the jet lag can't even hold us back. <laughs> Yeah, walking in here, checking out the... Because, you know, I had no idea what to expect really coming in. And so, you know, particularly with kind of like a mild jet lag haze, walking in and seeing that main stage for Radar Festival, it's incredible. So, yeah, stoked. Very excited. Excellent. I think uh, there's a, you're not the only ones. There's a lot of excited people looking forward to your set later. I'm, I'm one of them. So, yeah, tell me about um, how you've been. You've, you're, what, what you're doing at the moment is, um, is kind of uh, making up for lost time. That's exactly right. So we were either stupid enough, maybe stupid, I'm going to stick with stupid enough to release an album directly into the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, the truth, truth be told, like it was something where we were kind of coming to the end of the production cycle as we were hearing murmurs of what was going to happen. The wheels were in motion at that point. Yeah. We still just wanted to do it anyway. Something kind of weird about the idea of tapering plans because of a global catastrophe. Especially with it being open-ended and not knowing what Exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we, we released an album at the beginning of the pandemic. We kind of sat on it, never got to know it, never got to experience those road stories you make when you, you know, go yeah. on. When you take an album for a month and see you what watch people give back into to you. the album that it was always meant to be. Exactly. So this is basically that tour. This is what we weren't able to do in 2020. Yeah, I think but part of the reason that we... we went with it and continued with the release of the album is also because Rise Radiant itself is like a, it's an album of sort of internal strength and positivity and kind of like, you know, getting, overcoming things, you know, is, is a big theme throughout it, as well as legacy and family, all of that stuff that was really important during the, the lockdowns and pandemic and all of that sort of stuff, stuff to sort of keep in mind. So it felt important to kind of get it out there despite the fact that we then couldn't do all this touring and yeah, so now we get to do it now. Absolutely. Excellent. So, um, so you're enjoying your time. When did you leave Australia? How, how far into this are you? You say you're jet lagged. Have you just come from Brisbane straight to Manchester? It, it, it's hard to conceive because of the 14 or whatever hour time difference. But basically, we had a day in London after our 36 hour transit. Uh, several flights, a hangout in Gongju Airport for eight hours and whatever else. It's a riot at Gongju Airport. It's really, really fun. It's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, well, no, probably not. Uh, but no, so, you know, we, we, we sort of came from there. We had a day to get our bearings a little bit in London, but, you know, we've, we've just driven up and now we begin for real. It's going to be pure adrenaline. That's <laughs> tonight's show is just going to be running on adrenaline. So we're privileged to witness this. Uh, this, you know, as soon as you get uh, get acclimatised, then it's going to be sort of like um, a, a, a routine almost. Uh, whereas, uh, whereas tonight we're going to really witness something special. Oh, that is that is actually such an observation. Though. You know that feeling of like the first big show in a tour. Like yeah. you kind of get some butterflies. You get excited. You get that like external adrenaline feeling. You're excited. You're moving around. You get to the twentieth show of a tour, and you kind of have to find out. How yeah, to like, okay, I'm really tired. But we are going to do this. Yeah, I, yeah. you're going to you're going to see some cobwebs and um, probably me saying the word um a fair bit into a microphone. <laughs> Better not. <laughs> I think those cobwebs are going to get conclusively blown away. Um, so uh, so you've um, you've been uh, sort of sitting on this material due to the uh, to the warp sort of um, uh, time frame that we experienced in the past few years. Um, so I, I think one of the things you just said was interesting that. Um, uh, you released this into the pandemic, 
but everything on the album is what we needed to see us through the pandemic. How did you have the sort of prescience to, to write what we were going to need uh, in, the, in the year or so, or maybe longer, uh, running up to that? I manufactured COVID in a lab. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think... <laughs> The truth of it is, though, because yeah. like we, we had so much catastrophe leading to that as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, we had the, the horrific bushfires. I don't know if you heard about that yeah, directly yeah. before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, just the kind of woes that surrounded us. It just felt like, especially given we had done in contact prior to this, like this big, lofty, somewhat sad conceptual album. This was really just an answer to all of that. Mm. It's like you know, the world is dark. There's a lot of misery around. We ourselves have explored that a lot in the the, the years leading up to that record. Let's make a big proclamatory statement about the opposite side so of it. I ended up being kind of coincidental that that was the case, you know, because it was just what we needed to write at the time. Uh, I think the, the biggest coincidence is probably one of the, the bonus tracks that we chose was the song Don't Give Up by Peter Gabriel featuring Bush. And um, that it, it just it just seemed so bizarre as things started to kind of unravel through the months of the of the album's release. Just it seemed more and more appropriate. So yeah, it is all coincidence, um, but it definitely was what we needed to say at the time for sure. Cool. And so, um, in that case, uh, the, the the sort of um, it's really easy to be very pessimistic about the world, um, and it's very uh, easy to sort of say, you know, everything is uh, it's all going wrong: climate change, global warming, uh, fires, and 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 heat waves, and and uh, and stuff like that. There's there's, all, there's always something like that happening. Um, since you wrote this album and we, we went through the pandemic and we've you know the world isn't problem free um, what kind of thing can we expect from your next recording now I know that it's not imminent but um, but just uh, could you give us sort of like um, uh, a peep into um, the the general mood of the band and how you guys are feeling and uh, and, and and whether um, uh, things might be a little bit more optimistic well, here's the thing. It's kind. Of, it's honestly kind of the opposite. Like th th this is a record. Not not that we're people who kind of dwell necessarily on the dark side normally, but writing throughout the pandemic, seeing kind of the, the the stasis that our career took, you know, after 2020, and sort of experiencing the difficulties of just keeping a band alive in that time, both in terms of like enthusiasm, but also the, ex the external elements, you know, touring, like getting to know fans, building our name and you know doing bigger and bigger things we kind of saw all of that halt and the writing of the new record again that we're sort of slowly working towards it's distant enough that saying the new record even feels a little bit hypothetical but the character is definitely one that is a little darker mm. um i mean do you want to do you want to build on that uh yeah no i mean it it's sort of no one came out of the the pandemic unchanged i don't think mm. i mean uh, and sort of artists almost especially I think because you know like we went through a period of not wanting to write music as we were sort of saying of like of not being able to create and I know that we're definitely not alone in that and so coming out of that and kind of witnessing and experiencing kind of a loss of faith in humanity from some of the stuff that we were seeing there's no real way to get back to who we were before that of, of trying to do that really optimistic you know, overcoming sort of thing. And so because one of the goals of what we do when we write music is to be totally honest creatively and articulate our feelings and stories we want to tell uh, honestly, it's going to reflect that feeling and that change in us, you know. So there is, there are some darker tones for sure. Yeah. 
Now, that's something I find intriguing because um, I spent some time in Australia. I mentioned earlier, I've been to Brisbane and uh, where you're from and your hometown. It's a, it's a beautiful place. And you, you even said, you know, uh, before we started recording, um, that it is a great place to live and it's a, it's, you know, it's a pleasant place to be. It's a good place to be. Um, one of the things I noticed about Australia, uh, Australian music in general, um, or broadly, I should say, not in general, but um, is that uh, it's, it's generally quite... Um, it, it, none of it has a lot to complain about, uh, and it's generally the the sort of general themes are: my girlfriend's broken my heart, <laughs> my car's broken down, I'm really sad, uh, but I'll get over it. Um, and and it's and uh, and there's not a great deal of absolute pissed off fury there. Um, and I think it's because life in Australia is generally pretty good, really, um, on the whole. You guys are, uh, uh, you don't, you're not furious, um, but your music really does um, have a lot of bollocks to it. Um, uh, and, and it. I mean, it's got some bollocks behind it, or rather it's not bollocks. <laughs> um, you, you, you'd be glad to know. Um, so so um, what makes you different? I mean, I don't know necessarily. Like, I, I think about kind of the history of like, I think Australian pub rock and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, a lot of that was, I think, Queensland pub rock being like a direct response to some fairly serious authoritarian government that we had. Yeah, Queensland state corruption. Good stuff. I, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is like, one element of Australian music is that given that it's so geographically kind of diffuse. Um, you get people responding to different kind of political issues or different social issues that their very discrete communities um, are affected by. So, I mean, you know, maybe there is a general sense that Australia does have a very high quality of life, but, you know, you get kind of gripes against particular things. And it's one of the reasons that I would make the characterisation, I know I've gone a little far abroad here, characterisation that a lot of Australian bands do tend to be quite unique, like tonally, both the, the, the kind of, um, uh, like the cadence, the, the flavour of their lyrics, but also their music. Um, and I think this is even true to this day. But I mean, for us, like we, we don't necessarily think about our kind of Australian identity as it relates to music necessarily. We do know um, that, you know, we're kind of locked away in this place, far away from everyone else. Our creativity can be a little bit more um, insular, a little bit less affected by, you know, external kind of ideas. Imagine if we were part of a scene that was, you know, much, much larger. Like, mm. um, say, you know, some of the big capitals in the US or something like that. We really don't have those external forces to change our takes on music or to readily see, see constantly enough that it doesn't print itself on us. So I think, like, may maybe the difference is that there's not that many bands in Brisbane, you know, especially bands who kind of do what we do. Yeah. It's probably the best explanation I could come up with. For sure. And there's like, like there are a great deal of... I have a story. I remember my, my dad. I was playing him some Carnival, who were based in Perth. Um, and there was a really interesting thing, and it kind of stuck with me, where after a song or two, he's turned to me and going like, Jim, is this band from Perth? And I went, what the fuck? Like, yes. <laughs> Why does that matter? Why? No, but I mean, like, how did you know? Like, oh, right. Okay. What tonally in this thing told you that this was from Perth? And I still haven't worked it out. But I mean, he was absolutely right. So it's like, what I learned from that is that just there must be certain things that, that in original music from these discrete cities in Australia that, you know, is reflected in the music that we make. And I think, like you said, there's like a huge amount of unique sounding bands coming from Australia because of that. locked away in these places. And it's all because of you guys. We were like you once. <laughs> and then we like stole some bread or some shit to feed... <laughs> 
fa- a family that was starving. And, uh, and now here we are. Isn't it lovely? No, well, we're back. <laughs> that, that whole prisoner myth has recently been dispelled. We've had a, we've had a, a, a TV series called 10 Pound Poms mm-hmm. uh, over here, um, which I haven't watched, but uh, I don't really watch an awful lot of television. I, I don't have time. I've got too much good music to listen to. But, um, but yeah, so, um, so I think that's, uh, that's probably um, uh, trying, trying hard to, uh, to, uh, uh, to put to bed the, the myth that everybody in Australia is basically <laughs> an English could. prisoner. I certainly didn't. No, my family, I'm like second generation Australian. It's fine. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, so just to wrap things up, um, uh, while we're, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Normally, I, 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 in the pre-interview stage before we start recording, I, I, I give you some sort of heads up um, about, uh, about this. So you'll have to think on your feet. Um, but... Um, uh, now we've talked about sort of the different pockets of uh, musical style in Australia. Who uh, do Caligula's Horse think that uh, is worthy um, of uh, a mention um, at the moment to the rest of the world? I like. I'm excited by young bands right now, uh, and I think at the tip of my tongue, if, if you ask me what like my, the band I'm most excited about in terms of coming out of Australia right now would be Relica. Um, that's R E L I Q A. Um, female-fronted progressive metal stuff, but it, it has it is so unique. Like they have such a well-developed artistry and in, in what they do for a group of like a band that haven't been around for very long. And um, yeah, it's sick. Highly recommended. Love that. There's, a, there's a, a lot of young bands. There's this kind of this new wave that's come at the end of the pandemic. I think bands like Future Static, think mm-hmm. even bands like The Omnific, I don't know, you might have heard of them over here. They've they're established themselves quite well of late. Um, but then, you know, there's a lot of big bands that we just love, like we've toured with, we know quite well over the years, like Nebula of Ascaris or yeah. Pliny. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, tons of amazing artists like that. Yeah. And then there's all of the like progressive legacy bands that we have from Australia, yeah. bands like Carnival, you know, bringing that up. There, and there are bands that are kind of, they were really big in Australia and certainly in our kind of scene that were really influential in how alternative rock and metal and prog and stuff was written in Australia, like The Butterfly Effect and Dead Letter Circus, who never really kind of expanded beyond our shores and stuff like that as mm. well. So there, there is kind of, there's a really rich history over the last, like through the 2000s till now, yeah. last 20, 20 years or so, of like a flavour of alternative metal and progressive metal that sort of grew into sort of what we do and what the other bands are doing now as well. So there's heaps. Awesome. So uh, tell us what's coming up. You've already, um, uh, I think we've had as much of a glimpse as you're going to give me into future recordings. Uh, tell me about touring. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we've got you know a pretty extensive European tour planned. Obviously, we go from here through to Arc Tangent and so forth at the end of the month before we head across to Latin America where we're playing... Um, what do we plan? Three dates in Mexico, Chile, Argentina, and then we head to Prog Power USA after that. We've got some other dates we haven't yet announced um, through Australia um, towards the end of the year. And then um, I guess the next year is kind of just a secret at this point. Yeah. Suffice to say, there's a, there's a ton of fairly big plans coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Things that are being put in place well and truly in advance. <laughs> <laughs> always, uh, so always something um, always. in the future. I mean, keep, keep, keep moving forward. I'll set an alarm. I'll set an alarm. I have multiple calendar reminders. I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> Try not to. Okay. Excellent. We're not going to miss it either. Sam and Jim from Caligula's Horse, have a great day. Enjoy your set. I'm really looking forward to seeing how much adrenaline pours off that stage. <laughs> Cannot uh, <laughs> wait. Awesome. Thank Thanks. Enjoy Radar, and uh, thanks for your time. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs>